Welcome to the Dogma Mindset Podcast, a place where we're talking dogs, behavior, your lifestyle, and everything in between. I'm your host, Lauren Hewitt-Watts, and today we're going to be talking about how to prepare your mindset for your new puppy. Getting a new puppy is honestly one of the most exciting things that ever happens. I, I remember getting Alto and I just was counting down the days. I never even thought it was real to be able to get hold of this, you know, cutest, most wonderful puppy I'd ever seen. So it's such an exciting time. But I wanted to talk about getting yourself prepared because I feel like it hits you like a ton of bricks when you have this puppy. A lot of the issues I see with new puppy clients are where they just haven't realised what it actually means to have this animal in your home. So if you literally think about it for a minute, you're taking this baby animal, a different species, and we're putting it to live in our home. It's actually such a weird concept when we think we just have this little thing that lives with us and is like our best friend and it just inhabits the same place as us. I always think, you know, it's a bit of a, one of those things that's crazy to think about. So We've got so many things that we need our puppy to bend to. So, so many rules and and things that we want our puppy to do. But we don't actually think about what we need to do to make that puppy feel comfortable. But also how we're going to get over these kind of mindset blocks that we sometimes get. So, I wanted to talk about this from a lot of experience of working with with people with puppies. So, normally when people get a puppy, they have a list of things that they want to be organising. And obviously, you want to be organised in that way. So, um, you know, things like having the right bed, the right toys, where they're going to sleep, food, what what vets they're going to go to, are they going to go to training classes. So, you have all of these things to organise. But I also think it's not just the organisational stuff that we need to think about. Now, I will do another podcast on the things that you need to get into place, because I think that's really important. But the mental stuff is also needed. So think about it when you get a puppy. First of all, you need to prepare for having no sleep. It's really unrealistic to expect to bring a puppy in and to have a good night's sleep from the get-go. And I wouldn't ever say to anyone, that's what your expectation should be. Oh, when you get a puppy, do this and you're going to have a perfect night's sleep. Your expectation should be that you're going to have a few nights, a week, a couple of weeks even, where your puppy is adjusting to the new environment. Now, a few factors will affect this. So if you've got a puppy that has been used to sleeping separately, so they've, you know, maybe the breeder's done some crate training or you've had a puppy that was maybe the last one to go for some reason. So they've got used to gradually not being around all of their siblings. You might find they settle slightly better. Or if you get a puppy that's going from an environment that's very similar to yours. So they're going from a very similar, you know, kitchen environment and they're coming to yours and you're you're both from rural areas you might find they settle better than a puppy that's come from sort of deepest darkest rural Devon to live in the middle of London Um, and another thing that might help is if you've got another dog so puppies tend to settle a lot better when there's another dog there because they've got company but I also think that what we want to prepare for is that you want to use these first few nights to really make your puppy feel comfortable and it's going to probably involve you getting up and checking on them at least at the very least i normally recommend either sleeping downstairs with your puppy or having your puppy upstairs if you can because that's going to make sure that they settle a lot better but if you can get these first few nights right it's going to be so much easier so you might want to be thinking about how do you cope when you don't have any sleep and how can you mitigate that later down the line So when I had Alto, for example, I had him, I think I'd finished one job 
and I was waiting to start my master's. And so I had some time at my parents. Um, I had sort of a couple of weeks over the summer at my parents. So actually it was a perfect time to get him because it didn't matter that I was waking up for him because I could just catch up on sleep in the day. So that didn't really affect me too much. You know, the only thing that maybe affected me was getting up really early in the mornings because I'm not a morning person. But as long as I could catch up on my sleep, that was fine. So you might want to be in that situation where you say, okay, I can't, I'm going to be waking up at night. So I'm going to make sure I can catch up on my sleep in other areas or other times. Or it might be getting help from someone else. So kind of switch if you've got a partner or you live with someone switching, you know, saying, oh, can you help with this day? And I'll help the next day. So again, I remember my mum got her puppy. I had to go and do a couple of nights randomly just because she was finding it hard not getting sleep. And this isn't saying, you know, we were we would never leave our puppies to cry out. So just to say there was no, it wasn't because we were waiting for our puppies to cry, cry out until they went to sleep. This was basically if they got upset, we would go down and settle them um, or if they, they woke up to go to the toilet. So even if you've got a puppy that sleeps incredibly well, they're still going to wake you up because they need to go to the toilet because their poor little bladders cannot hold it. So even if you get a puppy that is the most trained puppy you could ever get at nighttime, which is very, very rare, they're still going to wake up to go to the toilet. Also, you're still going to wake up because you'll be happily sleeping and your brain will be saying to you, is the puppy okay? So you will wake up naturally anyway, even if your puppy is a heavy sleeper, you will still be waking up to to check on them. So just wanted to put that in there that this is not, I would never, don't prepare to have your puppy crying out because it just doesn't work because you are going to have hours and hours of no sleep. Your puppy is going to be incredibly distressed and incredibly stressed and it's going to hinder their development. But also you're not going to get any sleep anyway. So you might as well just go down to them and check on them. Anyway, that's for another, that's another day. So you might want to look at how you can mitigate not having any sleep. And getting into that mindset of, I know I'm not very good on no sleep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this instead. Or what I'm going to do is I'm not going to book anything in really important in those in the few weeks where I have my puppy. I'm going to try and avoid really heavy work meetings or, you know, a really big new project because I know I'm probably not going to be firing on all cylinders. And what that's going to do is it's going to make sure you don't resent your puppy when you do wake up for them. You're not going to have any bad feeling towards them because you prepared for it. And it also means that you're going to be the best kind of dog mum, dog dad, dog parent to them because you don't have that block of, of resenting them and they trust you and they love you and you're building a really good bond. So it's incredibly important that we make sure that their sleep is going to be something you, you you factor in. Now, I said about sleeping down with your puppy or having your puppy upstairs. And I know one thing that blocks people is they go, I don't want dogs upstairs in my house. So I kind of wanted to cover the house standards or our house, um, wanting our house to look really nice. So first of all, I don't believe having a dog should mean that you have a house that is full of mud, full of hair, that is full of bitten furniture at all. Like I'm quite house proud and I want my house and my my home to look nice and to be a nice place for people to come and for me to enjoy it as well. And I just wouldn't enjoy lying in, in a house that's covered in, in mud and hair. Some people like that, some people don't. It's total personal preference. But I do know that for some people, they are very, very strict on what their puppy is and isn't allowed to do in the home because they are so house proud. So I just want to talk around that a little bit. I think that you can be house proud, but you also have to make some allowances for having an animal in your home. So 
for example, bringing your puppy upstairs. Okay, how can you mitigate that if you want to bring a puppy upstairs for them to sleep? Is it that you use a particular crate? Is it that you put down an old rug? So if they have an accident upstairs, it doesn't matter. Do you limit their time upstairs, which is absolutely fine, but you make sure that you actually spend a lot of time, you sleep downstairs with them. So there's ways that you can mitigate it. I I don't have a problem with people saying, I don't want my puppy going in this room because I totally understand it. But I think when it comes to the point where you're like, the puppy is only allowed in the kitchen, that's when it becomes a little bit problematic because actually they're not then learning and developing with the benefits of a family life which is going to be the best socialization habituation for them so I want you to think about how you're structuring kind of the places they can go and how you think about your home and not having that as a massive block because I think this can be a block when people say I want my puppy for example to only stay in the kitchen but their puppy is anxious and they're crying and they're chewing things in the kitchen and they're actually causing more damage in there than if you just opened it up and said okay you can come into the living room um, and I'm going to put down loads of old rugs and 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 I'm going to make sure that we have the right cleaner so if they have an accident you know mitigate these things again so you're not putting yourself in in a pressured situation that is just difficult for you both and ways that you can do this is just be puppies do have accidents we can you you can definitely minimize it so you can definitely have a really good house training um schedule and a really good way of of working with it but sometimes they will they just can't make it you know again they've got those tiny bladders they can't just make it to the door so we just have to get yourself prepared okay if they have an accident how am i going to clean it up how am i going to make sure i can clean up really quickly how can I clean it to the best of my ability so just getting in that right frame of mind that you can't necessarily completely stop it but you can make it as good as possible is a really good thing to think about I also want you to think about stuff like furniture so if you've got a prized piece of furniture in your home and you are absolutely adamant that the puppy cannot go near that I would just actually probably just do things like move it out, manage it. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to get into conflict with your puppy because you're cross and emotionally kind of tied to something that they've done when they are actually just doing what puppies do. Again, with all of these things, with chewing, with nighttime sleeping, toileting, of course, with good knowledge, you can make this a lot better. So it's not to say that they're going to come in and cause absolute havoc, but it's to say that you can't minimise them absolutely. So just making these steps to make sure that you're going to have a really nice um, a really nice relationship with them and a, and a really nice journey with them is, is going to help as well. So again, looking at how can you manage it? How can you mitigate it? And how can you be realistic about it as well? I think there needs to be this layer of realism. Um, expecting puppies to just know that they don't go near this thing is is a big ask and actually from experience if you've got an area where you really don't want them to chew they tend to be worse and it's usually because we give them a lot of so if you know say you've got a really nice cushion and you really don't want them to chew it we give them a lot of tension we're like no 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 and we panic about it and then that becomes a bit of a oh I'm going to go over there and it becomes a thing in their mind whereas if we just manage it so it's not an issue then it tends to be a lot better so I know this from experience so um yeah put put those things into place definitely when people get puppies as well there is this sometimes for some people there is this issue of feeling like you're not in control and to be totally honest sometimes you're not so if you're somebody who is a perfectionist and you struggle with having things out of your control 
sometimes you struggle more with having a puppy than someone that is like, oh, I go with the flow, it's fine, it, it doesn't matter. And I've learned this, you know, I've worked with tons of different clients and I've learned that the people that have very, very high standards, that are very perfectionist, that have everything in their life is under their control because they've worked hard and they've made a lot of achievements, they often struggle a lot with a puppy because it's very difficult to have ultimate control over what a puppy is doing. They have free will. We do not want to break their free will. We don't want a robot dog that is like the most obedient dog in the world. Things have moved on from now. That's not what society really expects from our dogs. What we expect from our dogs is a dog that makes good choices, that is happy, that has a nice temperament, that has a good relationship with their owner, that isn't scared. So we can't really have that full control um, over our dogs. Even, Even years ago when people wanted more of that obedience, you can never have full control over another animal. They have free will. They will do weird things sometimes completely out of the blue because that's what they've decided to do. So I think realising that before you even get a puppy is that you can control it as much as you can. You can plan for it as much as possible. You can mitigate, you can manage, but there are going to be some times where you just can't control what they're doing. So accepting that and I think understanding it really helps whereas coming into it and saying my puppy is going to sleep here they're going to do this they're going to um I'm not going to have them biting me and they're not going to chew and when they go to the toilet they're going to go to the toilet in this area of the garden it's almost setting you up for failure because there are go- you you have to learn to be flexible so I think a really good learning from a puppy is learning a little bit more to go with the flow it is learning that kind of empathy and com- compassion and also learning that you you sometimes you can't control everything, but sometimes that's not a bad thing. So yes, having that, I think having that realization, that self-awareness, that that's something that you might struggle with can be really useful. And for the people that struggle with this, um, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying you struggle with control, you're really controlling at all. That's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm more speaking it from, from experience that I like things in a certain way. I like when I do things, when I go to out for dinner, when I do things in the home, I, I have, I'm quite particular about some things. And so I would have to be aware that bringing a puppy in might not look like the perfect vision that I have in my head. And I'm very idealistic as well. I have these great plans for things. And so being aware that it might not match up to that is something that I would have to come to terms with if I got another puppy. Now to help with this can be getting really good advice. So getting somebody that knows what they're doing, that is able to respond to you and is able to say, okay, when this happens, this is a puppy being a puppy and they're going to grow out of it and you don't need to worry. Or this is what you can do to make it better, or this is how you're going to train them. So I definitely think being really armed with knowledge when it comes to this can help. But also sometimes all the knowledge in the world, there are just times when your puppy will do something and you just have to go, okay, learn from experience, chalk it up and go. So yeah, I think taking on all the knowledge and then applying it where you can, and then also having that flexibility that if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world is really useful in these cases. I want you to take a minute to think about this. If you're at home with your dog or your puppy, what are they doing right at this moment? Now, they could be sat with you truly relaxed and picking up on your good vibes while you listen, or do you have that feeling that they're sat with you because they just don't know what to do with themselves? You might feel like anytime you move, they want to move with you, and you feel their eyes on you, always watching what you're doing, or always wanting more attention and just not able to entertain themselves. If this is the case, then I wanted to introduce you to Separation Anxiety School, the membership to help dogs go from clingy to confident. The best thing about this membership is that it covers you whatever stage you're at. Your dog doesn't have to have full-on diagnosed separation anxiety to join. 
In fact, it's perfect for preventative or early support. If your dog would benefit from being more settled, more relaxed, more confident, more independent, and you want support as a pet parent too, this is the place for you. If you're not yet a member, then it is waiting for you. It is easy to join and only £45 a month without locking you into a forward contract, which means you can leave at any time, although I am sure you'll want to stay. You get access to my entire separation curriculum designed with my experience as a clinical animal behaviourist, as well as any new content that I add, new masterclasses on request and community with exclusive content. So if you're interested in joining and learning more directly from myself, click the link in the show notes or go to the Dog Mum Mindset website and click separation membership to sign up. Then come and introduce yourself in the community and I am so excited to meet you and your companion. It kind of brings me on to my next thing, which is being flexible and adaptable. So when I work with people with their puppies, so whether it's separation or whether it's just with puppies, we sometimes tweak the training plan. So what I start out with someone, so let's take separation, is I'll say, okay, we're going to start with with A, B and C. And then as I work with that person, I might go, do you know what? We've tried A and actually I don't think that's, I think we should do this instead. So it's all about being adaptable. If you can be adaptable and flexible, you're going to find your 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 life so much easier. For what works for one dog or one puppy or one owner is not always going to work for you. So I think being adaptable and, and trying things can be really useful um, and knowing when something is working and when something isn't working. So that adaptability will really help in this. Now, one big thing I want to talk about, I could talk about this all day, but it's about having boundaries around other people. Now, what this means is that everyone is going to, they're going to want to do things with your puppy and, and, and play with your puppy and interact with them. And I think there are some times where we have to be quite clear in what we want them to do. So for example, if you've got someone that's coming over and they're interacting with your puppy in a way that you don't want them to do it. So they may be being a bit too full on and you can see your puppy's kind of a bit kind of shying away, they're not too keen on it and they're going, oh, your puppy just needs to learn. It's about learning to have, okay, what boundaries do I need and how am I going to enforce these when people do these things? So a really good boundary for people is letting people into your home that will listen to you and if they don't listen to you getting them to do something else so if someone comes in and they're really winding your puppy up and you're thinking oh this is such bad learning and I don't want my puppy to have this ask that person oh can you come and help me do this outside can be a really good thing to have in, in in your head so thinking of ways that you can set these good boundaries for people that aren't going to damage your relationship with them because a lot of people don't know how to interact with dogs even if they have dogs they don't always know the best way to interact with other people's dogs because it's not like their dog. So they might be an expert in their own dog, but when it comes to yours, they're not quite doing things the way that you would want them to do it. So thinking about how are you going to um, preempt this and also how are you going to stop it from happening when you need to. So having these things in place and also recognising situations that you might need to avoid. So if you've got acquaintances that are very, very judgmental, how can you avoid that? How can you avoid them interact with your puppy in a way that you don't want to do so I can talk about this a lot more but I think it will really help you prepare for situations when you know you're going to struggle and your puppy's going to struggle how can you set those boundaries and leading on from this is really cutting through the noise and by cutting through the noise you are going to get every single person give you advice regardless of whether they own dogs so the interesting thing is some people will give you advice and all they've done is watch a tv program but they look at you and your dog and they will think oh you need to just tell that dog off or what are you doing? Why are you messing around? You know, they they will judge you. 
People will. It's, it's just the way it is. People judge mothers and, and fathers with their children. People judge dog owners with their dogs. We all do it. Everyone does it. Everyone will give you advice. You need to prepare for this because advice coming at you from all angles is going to be overwhelming. Often it's not going to be very good advice and it's actually just going to make you feel like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where to turn. You try one thing one day, you try the next thing the next day. You're not consistent with anything and it just it just turns into a nightmare. So be really prepared for people telling you things and they often mean it out of a really kind place. They're not doing it. Um, you'll get some people who are just judgy and that's fine. You know, that's that's them. But it's harder when it comes from someone you love or when it comes from a family member and they're telling you something and they're doing it out of kindness, but actually it's the last thing you need to hear. So a really good example, I'll go back to the crying at night, is you turning around and saying to your family, oh God, I'm really tired. I keep getting up with my puppy because they wake me up. So I go down to make sure she's okay. And them turning around and saying like, oh, you're being ridiculous. You need to get some sleep. You know, this isn't doing you any good. They need to learn. Otherwise they're going to keep crying for attention. So you just need to leave them now. That's it. You need, you've had enough of messing around. That's the kind of thing that you'll get. You need to be prepared for that. Again, it kind of goes back to those boundaries, but be prepared. And by being prepared is doing your reading beforehand, listening to things like this. If you're listening to this, I have no doubt you are going to be incredibly prepared for your puppy you are going to have no problems compared to someone else who is going in sort of blind with it but yeah listening to things like this looking up the right kind of articles positive reward-based ethical training looking at things that are really going to you know reading books that are going to really broaden your ideas or how you can do things with your puppy getting the right trainer on board you know some trainers do an amazing pre-puppy package and they'll talk to you about what breed to get or how to prepare your house or how to set up the area for them to sleep so anything like that is just a bonus and when you have knowledge you don't care about what people say. People can say anything they want to me about my dog and I don't care. I literally, it bounces off me. It, it doesn't affect me because I know how much credibility I have. I know how much I know. I know how much scientific data there is. I, I know that I'm doing the right thing. So it doesn't matter. If I see we've got builders around at the moment and some of them say, oh, who's walking you? You or the dog? And Alto doesn't even pull on the lead. It's just because he's a big dog. He walks next to me. Before, when I had him as a puppy and someone said that, that completely crushed me. I was like, oh my God, people think I can't control my dog. Now I just know that it's just a thing that people say. And I know that my dog is absolutely fine because I know that I'm doing the right thing. So to take from this is that having knowledge is going to really prepare you having the ability to know that you're doing the right thing and to trust that you're doing the right thing will avoid that imposter kind of syndrome that you get as a new puppy parent and it will make you feel so much better. So definitely get that knowledge, do the reading, do everything you can to build through that noise and make sure you're not being drowned by other people's opinions as well. So I think that's everything to wrap up. So just to recap, so it's getting yourself organised it's preparing to not have any sleep or to cope with having less sleep than you normally would. It's looking at your house setup or your home setup and preparing yourself to have a, an animal in your home. It's about understanding where you might feel out of control sometimes and preparing for that. It's about being adaptable and flexible having boundaries around people and knowing what you're going to do with that and also cutting through the noise and having the true knowledge to kind of keep you on your path with you and your puppy. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. As always, you can find me 
at dogmummindset on Instagram and you can send me a message or you can tag me if you've listened to this because I always love to hear from people and if you could leave a great five-star review that would be incredible because it really helps the podcast grow. You can sign up for Letters with Lauren at www.dogmummindset.com which will give you free resources and um, email directly from me. And if you're getting a new puppy, please do stay in touch. I've got lots of puppy stuff coming out. They're my favourite, favourite, favourite age to work with. So do keep in touch and I will see you next time.